Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. I'm the producer, David Lally, and today we have a great show lined up for you, where Brian answers questions on air from longtime Buffini and company members. We call it Lessons from the Legends. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you'll love our new one-day event launching in 2020 that includes a session called Lessons from the Legends. Stay tuned to hear more on that in the coming weeks. You'll also hear the rarely heard voice of our audio engineer, Danny Iverson, as he welcomes callers to the show. Let's listen in. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. In the radio business, they have what's called Open Line Friday, but because we release our podcasts on a Tuesday, this will be Open Line Tuesday. And so today, we have a bunch of folks who've called in who have some business questions. And just give you guys context who are listening in today. These are folks who are pretty successful folks inside our coaching program. I'm not sure what their questions are, but these are folks who've really been there, done that, and achieved at very high levels. And so uh, we have them all sitting in the queue here today. And hopefully as you listen in, they have a question that maybe you have a question about in your business. And in helping them, we can help you today. So I'm going to turn it over here today to the man on the mic, the man behind the scenes you guys don't often get to know, Mr. Danny Iverson. Danny's worked with me, and we've known each other since Danny was in the sixth grade. And um, Danny's been with us here at Buffco for seven years, travel with me on the road. Danny, over to you, buddy. You're live on the air. Thanks, Mr. B. Glad to be here today. Our first caller is Heather Roxburgh from Draper, Utah. Hey, Heather. Top of the morning to you. Hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are Good. you? I'm doing awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast today. Well, you're a star. You're one of the top agents we have in our whole system. So I can't imagine you have too many questions. Although where you invest all your money might be the biggest question. Well, I want to know where you invest your money. That's where <laughs> I would want to put mine. <laughs> what yeah. can I do for you? So I have a question for you on goal setting. Mm -hmm. So over the years, as you've set goals and you've accomplished them, mm -hmm. how have you continued to come up with new, exciting goals that have kept you emotionally engaged? And have you ever experienced a time where you've hit a plateau or maybe struggled to come up with some new goals that were motivating to you because you've achieved at such a high level in all areas of your life? Yes, yes, and yes would be the answer to all of those <laughs> things. Now, let's, let's back up here for a second. Where were you when we first met? How many transactions were you doing a year? Um, zero. Zero. So I was very fortunate to get into real estate and find 100 Days to Greatness right out of the right. gate. What year so, was that, Heather? 2006. Right. So I would imagine when you started with those setting goals, it was pretty easy, right? Well, I didn't know anything about goals, so right. it was a brand new concept for me. But, right. but because of the coaching that I've had over the years, I've become a pretty good goal setter. Sure. And as I've accomplished and achieved and, you know, followed your guidance and your advice over the years, I've gotten to a level where I found that it's become more challenging to sure. find new goals that really motivate me, where I kind of feel like I'm maybe stuck a little bit. Right. Just give the folks at home, I know you're not a braggart of any sort, but just to give context, how many deals did you do last year, for example? I did 130 transactions. Okay. So... For the average person who might be listening in who's not in the real estate business, you know, the average realtor sells less than 10 homes a year. So here you are in 13 years. You've gone from zero to 130, okay? So that's a pretty significant rise. And you've been at that level now for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is at each step along the way, the same goal that used to motivate you no longer will. 
Yep. In fact, it can motivate you. What it doesn't do is inspire you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cause you to change your behavior. And people will actually be afraid to ask a question like this because they're afraid of being judged like, oh, my God, you know, you got first world problems, girl. Right? I mean, how can mm-hmm. you say, you know, you're right now, you know, in 2006, you would never have dreamed you'd have been where you are. I mean, no, never. Like myself, I came to America mm-hmm. with 92 books, right? And I'm flying on private jets and doing this and doing that and doing the events and all the things that we've done at Buffco. I never thought any of that would be possible. So what happens is I think when you grow, it's the deeper you go in your growth, the goals will change. And what they change for me is they change in regards to their depth and they change in regards to their simplicity. And so for me, acquiring and building is not as big a driver for me as it was 25 years ago. Now, I'm still growing the business, and when you have momentum going in your financial life as well, it grows whether you really try hard or not. So you built up this brand, and the real thing is, in the past, it was, what do I really want? You know, Your first goals were, what do I really need? You know, I need, <laughs> I need to pay mm-hmm. some bills. The next set of goals are, who do I want to be? Yeah. Who do I want to be? And who do I want to help? And that's where the next set of goals would be, is that as you start to dig in there. And as you look at that, it's, you know, this is the more challenging stuff. You know, and like you're a growth-focused person, you come to our peak experience events, and, you know, I throw the kitchen sink at you guys. That's because that's what you're looking for. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. And so... Now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, it's not like it's one thing or the other. I mean, you could kind of be on cruise control and do 120 deals or 110 deals. In fact, you could do 100 deals and not really sweat it. Yep. And so for folks like us, that's often like I'm going backwards. But sometimes it's I want to do it in less time. Sometimes I want to do it in three or four days a week. Sometimes the goal might be, you know what? Maybe you want to write a book and I'm going to write, you know, 300 words a day. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, I want to give back in this one area. Sometimes I want to volunteer. Maybe it's I go on vacation, you know, twice a year, and I have this one place I want to be at, and I want to go there four times a year. So there's those kinds of things. But I think the first thing would be, who do you really want to be? And if you look at it now, now that you have a few resources in the bank and you've got some good things going, you have more of a chance to do that. Just off the top of your head, if you could kind of just off the ball, like it's nothing to do with business. If you had one thing that would just kind of fire you up, what would it be? Mm, Probably time with my grandkids now that I've raised my kids and I have little grandbabies and they're growing up and I'm watching it happen before my eyes. It would probably be just more time. Great. Picture it. Yeah. And then it's not just the time. Create the visuals of what that looks like. You know, I know what it looks like for me. I have my little grandson and... You know, that's undersold, isn't it? Being a grandparent, it's undersold, let me tell you. And so... The greatest thing. It is. It's awesome. And so I have goals in mind with that. Me and Bev, for example, our goal is to get down there once a week and babysit. And it's the best. And so, you know, I'd say start to picture that and picture in your mind, you know, little trips and things that you would do and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, as simple as that, that's why I say they become deeper, but they become simpler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then other goals will pop up along the way. And that's why I say no matter what, you keep coming to the events, you know the goals that don't inspire you and don't motivate you, keep setting them. Yeah, Keep setting them. Because the big stuff shows up while you're doing the stuff you should be doing. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, I want you to know how proud of you I am. You're a credit to the industry. 
You're a credit to the business. You're a credit to working women. And I wish you nothing but the best in getting more clarity on your goals and more time with those grandkids. Well, thank you, Brian. I couldn't be where I am today without you. So I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Well, thanks for checking in. Great to talk to you, Heather. You too. Thanks. Danny, who we got? Next up, we have Carl Miller from Lynchburg, Virginia. I know Carl Miller. Hey, Carl, how you doing? Hey, Brian. I am fantastic. Great. How long have you been in the coaching, Carl? Since 2006. Wow. Heather. I met you in Denver in 2006, June of 2006. Great. And where was your business then? I had been in the business uh, just, just right out of a year. Wow. I was a newbie. I had sold seven houses my first six months, and I uh, met you and decided coaching and this system and just having structure in my business is what I needed. I had no structure in my profile. And so I needed a coach. I knew I needed a coach. And so I made that commitment and never looked back. Thank you so much. That's great. What kind of business are you doing now? How many transactions are you doing a year these days? Uh, last year I did 106. Wow. I've done as much 120. And uh, we kind of restructured the team a little bit. Yeah. But we're on a real good trajectory for me. Well, congrats on all your success. What question do you have for me today? You know, it feels like I've been on a plateau the last few years, and my mm-hmm. question is, in order to expand and grow, what does thinking bigger look like? I heard it said recently, we cannot outperform our beliefs, so how do you build belief in yourself and others to grow and expand? Kind of piggybacking on what Heather just asked you. Mm-hmm. Do you start with production or structure? Again, it gets down to what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So, for example, my best year in real estate, I sold 127 homes. But my favorite year in real estate was the following year, where I sold 87. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't sound like progress, except that I increased my average sales price, I reduced my expenses, and I did it in about 30 hours a week. And that was my favorite year in my real estate career. So one of the challenges with real estate is you go, you know, when you're starting, and by the way, seven and six months was pretty terrific. So I think we knew we had a champ on our hands when we first met you. But, you know, you go from seven to 120 transactions, you've probably had a bunch of jumps and occasionally a plateau in between as you put systems in place and then another jump and then another plateau and another jump. And now you're at this place where you have this mature business. And so the real thing is, what do you want? You've earned the right to ask yourself, just like Heather, you know, what do I want now? What do I want to do? And like I said, I just shared with you, my growth progress was I had a year where I intentionally went down 40 deals. Uh-huh. And it was the best year I ever had. And and the game I played within myself was, how can I raise my average sales price? How can I do this in 30 hours a week? I had a leg timer in my office and my assistant would set it. And, you know, we have this game and sometimes I go over and sometimes I go under, you know. And uh, it just became a game. And I actually, I made more money at 87 deals than I did at 127 because of increasing the average sales price so much. And I brought it up almost a third because that's what I was trying to do. So the big thing is, what do you want? I mean, what do you want your business to look like? What do you want your life to look like? At this stage of the game, you might be in the perfect sweet spot at 106, and now it's how do I make it a little more profitable? How do I put the the profits to work more? Do I take more trips? Do I start raising up somebody to ultimately take over the business? Do I build a business getting ready for sale? You know, that's one of the things is we're building out our training program you know about called a Pathway to Mastery. We're getting... The final phase of that is going to be helping people prepare their business to either hand off to family members, employees, or sell their business indeed. So, you know, there's people listening to this who might be just starting out who are like, man, I've done seven sales in the last two years. And they're listening to people having 
uh, I got about 100 sales a year. Now, what's my problem? But I think oh, ultimately oh. you've earned the right with your success to think from a different spot and ask yourself, what do you really want? What do you oh. really want? And like I mentioned to Heather, who do you really want to be? Who do you want to serve? How do you want to spend your time? What are the rewards you want to enjoy? And then also, what, what do you want to give back? You know, you're a, an influential guy, and you're a guy that can help other people. So the natural state of goal setting at the higher level is one of you run out of runway on the way you used to set goals because, you, you know, there becomes a point where it's like a treadmill. What's the difference between 106 sales and 115 sales? Well, not much, not mm -hmm. much. And one is not going to make you get out of bed an hour earlier every day. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But when you find those things that you really want, and that's why I say you keep chipping away and you set the chip away goals, chip away goals, and you keep searching for those things that are deeper and those things that have more meaning, if that makes mm -hmm. sense to you. It does. So you're saying that just identifying the things you really want is the way to think bigger. A hundred percent. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, and I'd say one other thing would be, you know, you live in a small town from what I remember. Yeah, 90,000 people. Right. So here's the deal is... The way I expand my thinking is I hang out with people with expanded thinking. Uh -huh. Last week, myself and Dermot spent a couple of days with fellas that are doing deals for publicly traded companies. And every conversation these guys were involved with was dealing with billions of dollars. And uh -huh. it was just great to be in that environment and great to hear the conversations and great to know, you know, uh, I'm talking to some of these folks and they're talking about our company and they're like, oh, yeah, your company's has this and this and this, and they're talking about a company worth billions of dollars over here that doesn't have this and this. And I'm like, really? So it kind of wakes you up to, hey, I, I have more on the ball than I think I do. But then also, it's a big world out there. You know, the world's a lot bigger than we think, and the world's a lot bigger than 90,000 people. And the world's a lot bigger than your state, and the world's a lot bigger than just your country. And that's why one of the things you've done a great job was getting out and going to the events and seeing people in different parts of the country and whatever else. And you know, just keep expanding your frame of reference, both inside your industry and outside your industry. There's people in your local town that are super successful that uh, would be worth going and having a coffee with. I don't want that from you. I'm not looking for investment. I'm not even looking for your real estate business. I just want to kind of brainstorm and, and talk to people I admire and respect. And here's some questions I have. So when you're looking for it, you'll find it, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I can't thank you enough for all the value you've added to me and my family over the years. Like, I just can't thank you enough, Brian. Well, you're a first-class man, and we're proud to coach alongside you, and we're excited to help you get to the next stage of the game here, Carl. It's, it's closer than you think. It is, and I'm fulfilling a 10-year goal of uh, <laughs> taking my family on an RV trip around the U.S. this summer. We're wow. We're from Washington State. We're heading to California in a few days to thank you. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate you, Brian. Great. Who's next, Danny? All right. Next up, we have Aaron West from Modesto, California. Aaron, my man, how are you doing? I am doing very well, sir. How are you today? Last time I saw you, you had your arm in a sling. <laughs> I did. I did. The recovery is coming along nicely, so <laughs> I'll be getting back into it here shortly. Fantastic. Maybe you can tell the folks a little bit your backstory. When did you start with us? What year was that? I started in 2005, wow. so it was uh, September of 2005 at the Monterey Retreat I started, wow. and, and I was brand mm -hmm. new in real estate. Right. No bad habits. <laughs> no bad habits. <laughs> Lots of bad habits, but uh, <laughs> none in real estate. Yeah. And where, where are you at now? What kind of production are you doing these days, transaction-wise? 
So we're on track right now. My coach says that uh, we should be able to do 140, and our stretch wow. goal is 160 transactions a wow. year. Wow, yeah. Great stuff. We're probably depressing the heck out of people who are doing six and seven transactions a year. But you know what? I think it's good to hear people that are achieving and, and getting it done. And, and, you know, people like yourselves, I mean, Heather and Carol and yourself, are just, you know, salt of the air type people treat their customers great and killing it, you know. So congrats on all your success. Oh, thank you very much. So you have a question. Yes, you know, and I, and I think this is something that will apply to a lot of people, and it's just on the subject of leverage. Mm-hmm. Starting out in the business and as you start to build a business out and you start wanting to add leverage with an assistant and then, you know, referring agents and then agents and, and that type of thing, there's kind of a fine line between um, leverage and abdication, I mm. think. And then at what point as the business gets built out, do you start leveraging your team for your database? And as the database grows and you want to stay in touch with everybody and you just don't have the bandwidth to do it yourself, you know, at, at what point does it make sense to start treating it as the business's database instead of, you know, Aaron West's database? Right. And what does that look like? I know that it's there's kind of a fine line that you don't want to do it too early because it's all about the relationships. Right. But then there's also a point where you've got to start leveraging in order to build your business to the next level. Well, you've kind of watched me do this over the years, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. which is a combination. Like, here, here's the thing. I came into the studio today. I had no idea who I was going to be talking to. And they just showed me a list of names. Well, I know them all. I know their stories. I know their life. I know a lot about all of you guys because we've been on a journey together for a lot of years. You know, I also have 22,000 members in our coaching programs. And so I wouldn't know them as well as I do the folks I'm going to talk to today. So how do you do that? And so I do it through a number of different vehicles. So, for example, the key is what are the opportunities to be visible to the larger part of your database, right? So in your case, I would increase your visibility and then at the same time, leverage your team more. So an example of that would be client parties are a fantastic way to leverage your visibility. So you guys work really hard to get the accumulative databases and everyone together. And then you're welcoming everybody and you're thanking them for their business and you're the MC of the event and uh, making it all happen. Whether how comfortable anybody is in front of their group or not, it doesn't really matter at this stage of the game because they're there to see you, you know? And so a client party is a great thing like that. I also think if you look at Buffini and Company, Dermot's the CEO. Well, Dermot sends out regular messages as the CEO through video and gives little updates to the community and so on and so forth. That's another great way to do that. Heather, who was on this call today, uses video extensively with her database. So I think I would say three things. One, you know your inside group and your small group. So like even with our podcast, we have 250,000 people who tune in every month but we have an insider list and the insiders are the folks that have been the most interested the most connected to what we're doing they want the resources and so on and so forth so we interact with those folks more well that's the same with your database so you have your insider list with your database personal relationships that you have and you should still go and have a coffee and still go and connect and still do that stuff and then you have your broader group and i would leverage yourself through events and i would leverage yourself through video And then leverage your team. And I think that's a nice, healthy balance because you're still the face of the organization, but it's okay to have boots on the ground, if that makes sense to you at all. That does make sense. 
So this would be a question, I think, that's more for the broader mm -hmm. audience of people who are building a team, because you've said it, that, that teams are kind of the one of the waves of the mm -hmm. future of real sure. estate is teams. How would someone know that it's time to start doing that? Or what would the, the challenges be? Or what would the Well, I would do it all the way along, actually. Now, I wouldn't start leveraging the one-on-one -on -one relationships in my database right off the bat, you know? If you're building out a team, each team member needs to start developing their own database to start with. So, you know, it's like, hey, take care of your own business here. But the next piece to that puzzle is, like when you do a client party, get everybody's client list together. Everybody's calling their list, and you're the head of the team, so you're being the face of the franchise, you know? You know, market updates, I think right now the way the world is working, people are in more need of it. For example, I used to do a once-a-year update called Bold Predictions, as you well know. Well, I'm now having to do two a year because the market is going through so many changes and people are more anxious than ever before and the changes are so fast and the misinformation is so fast. Well, that's going on with real estate. And so being out in front with the video, I think that's something that somebody can do with their own database and then grow and then if somebody builds out their team, then, hey, your list gets added to that, your list gets added to that, your list gets added to that. That would be a change for me. In the past, I would have done it more incrementally the way you're talking about it but now i wouldn't now if i were building a team today i'd start from day one got it okay that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense well thank you for answering that question i appreciate the business and the systems that you've put in place and the accountability that my coach has kept me held to for many years to help me build this business well, you've done a remarkable job, and more remarkable than 140 deals is I've had a chance to meet your family on more than one occasion. You have a remarkable family, and so you should be very proud of them. You know, I'm married up, and she trains the boys well, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good relationship. Thank you yep. very much. That means a lot. <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you, Brian. All right, bud. Danny Iverson, who you got for me, lad? All right, Mr. B. Next up, we have Ben Andrews from Clackamas, Oregon. Ben Andrews. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you doing, Brian? Now, I'm going to ask you the same questions I asked everybody else, but I have a story to tell you that you don't know about. So tell everybody first how long you've been in the program here. All right. I was introduced by my mom. Mm -hmm. It took me about five years to uh, get it to my head. So I've been in coaching nine years. Wow. Nice. I was uh, about 600000 in debt then doing about 15 transactions, 75 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Now I have no debt, and we're doing 80 transactions a year, wow. 150 referrals, and trying to fill a week with the hours. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I've got a little story for you. You ready? Let's go. So as you know, a few years ago, you started out, and we've told your story before. Uh, you know, you had to borrow some money to take the training, got in the training programs, and then got into coaching and then started cooking with peanut oil and, and built yourself a successful business. And so we sent our video crew out and we built one of our It's a Good Life stories. And we shared that at some of our seminars and we put it on our website. So here's the beauty of this. And this is as much to do with what my life's work is as anything. So uh, recently I come across a story of a gal by the name of Janelle Schmittling from Shiloh, Illinois. And so a few years ago, struggling in her business, barely making it, couple of young kids, sleepless nights. Finally, she gets up in the middle of the night, goes online, puts in real estate coaching, and finds our website, goes on the website, and sees Ben Andrews' It's a Good Life story, and it just inspires her. 
So she gets in. She does the training program. And she has gone from zero to hero. And in the last four years, just an incredible rise. She did 111 deals last year from almost doing nothing at the start. And now we're sending the camera crews out to do an It's a Good Life video. And who knows, a year from now, someone's going to be up in the middle of the night not sleeping good because their business is not going well. They're going to see her video. So this is the beautiful thing about it. She watches you. You inspired her. Now she's inspiring somebody else. So it's a good life, right? Pretty awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Anyway, I thought you might get a kick out of that. What question this stage of the game, Ben? Well, my first question's been answered. My second question's been answered. I'm going to write 300 words a day to write my book. Okay. And uh, Aaron West's question about the team, that really helped me. uh, I've been struggling with how do I continue to be the straw that stirs the drink as I build out my team, which yeah. you've answered wonderfully. So thank well, you. I'll so, just give you one other tip on that is, is, sure. is the other side of this. I've been at this 23 years, but I have hundreds of employees around here at the at Buffini Company, and I don't go at it the way I used to. But when I come into work, my staff see me working. They see me writing the personal notes. They see me in prep for the presentations. And so the greatest way to be the straw that stirs the drink is by example. The next way is leveraging training. And you're going to stay tuned. We're going to continue to provide more and more resources for team leaders and for the actual team members as we continue to help people. Because leveraging yourself by people going through training and becoming well-trained, that is the key, and being trained in today's skills. So all of those things and a little bit more, and you'll be good to go. Thank you. All right, right. bud. And thanks for inspiring so many people with your great story. So 300 words a day, and you let me know when you have that book ready to go. You'll be the first to have it, I promise. All right, bud. All right. Thank you. Take care, man. All right. All right, Danny, who you got? All right. Next up is Sophia Sanchez from Tampa, Florida. Hey, Sophia. How are you doing? Hi. I'm wonderful. How are you doing? It's great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the call today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. How long have you been in our program, Sophia? Ooh, uh, I believe I joined in 2006. Wow. I, ended up, I, I had uh, Julie Visag as my first coach. Sure. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. And yeah. where are we at in 2006? Well, my husband is a notable painter here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And at the downturn, it's enough nobody wanted real estate, but buying mm-hmm. artwork was extremely frivolous back then. <laughs> right. Uh, so coming off the coattails of a bankruptcy, Wow. And having a new baby, I decided to join and streamline kind of what I was doing on the marketing end, but it really helped put systems in place that ultimately have helped beyond words. How's your business in life today in that regard? After 12 years, I opened my own company. I have a team of three agents. We're on track to close $20 million for the year, which awesome. for us, our average sales price in Tampa is lower than some of the other. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sell a lot of houses. Yes, yes. So we're doing great. My numbers this year are above last year, and that leads me to my question, too, which I hope you can help me with. By the way, I, I think we're going to entitle your story, Sophia, BK and a Baby. That's going to be uh, – <laughs> that's how we'll do the story. Unbelievable. <laughs> right. So my question for you – is how do you successfully navigate the customer experience and their expectations mm. when your company is growing faster than you anticipated? Sure. So, big question. Big question. You know, obviously, I've done a lot of podcasts on customer service and those kinds of things, which, mm-hmm. which we can go over again. But I think the big thing here is 
as your company grows along the way, there's going to be bumps and bruises. So, mm-hmm. I, again, I like to speak autobiographically. A couple of years ago, we installed at Buffini Company a complete overhaul of our internal infrastructure. We did an alignment with a company called Salesforce, mm-hmm. and they're a huge organization, and we integrated it not only for our CRM internally, but actually our accounting and our shipping and our this and our that and everything else. Well, let's just say they had just acquired an accounting firm and they didn't quite have their stuff together. And this mm-hmm. became an extremely challenging implementation for our company, for them, and for our customers. And the key ingredient here is we went out to our customers and let them know, hey, and this is how you do it. We're growing. People want to be around a winner. So we're growing. And in order mm-hmm. to serve you better, we're putting these systems in place. So it's kind of like pardon our mess. And so it's like the restaurant's open for business but under construction. And we live in a world that's quick to judge and quick to react and quick to overreact. However, when people know you're thinking about them and you go, hey, we just want to thank you for all your business and all your referrals. You've helped us become so successful. We're having to put in a whole bunch of new systems to serve you even better and to serve your referrals even better in the future. And we're experiencing a few bumps and bruises as we do that. But pardon our mess. We're here to serve you in the future, and it's going to be awesome. And we just can't thank you enough for all the referrals you've sent us. And that's how you do it. Right. It's the ability to respond. That's why I hope people know you care. That's really what they want to know. Right. So just giving them the extra attention. I'm a systems builder by nature, yeah. uh, but also a trendsetter and a free spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to wrangle those squirrels in just yeah. to make sure we're still growing, but doing it gracefully. You know, we've had some feedback from clients too. It's a little bit bumpy, but we're just trying to look at, at ways to keep implementing service at a high level. You know what I would do? You're a trendsetter and you've got a little performance edge to you. Yeah. Fantastic. Why don't you do a little video? Okay. Why don't you do a little video and just send it out to your database and do it in this way. We are growing. Things are going great. You guys are the reason we're successful and all of your referrals. And I just want to thank you for your support and your trust in us. Because we're growing, we really want to do it in an excellent fashion. Uh So we're putting these systems in place. And it's a little bumpy right now. And I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, but just like you say, pardon our dust. The remodel is in place, and we're very excited about the future. Thanks so much for all your support in the past. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Danny Iverson, last but not least, who do we have on the line? Next up is Chuck Silverston from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, I know Chucky boy. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Chuck. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, bud. Uh, saving the best wine to last here. So... <laughs> T- remind me, when? what year did you first get involved with the program? 2006. By the way, I don't know what happened here today, but it seems like everyone who's on the call is with us 13 years. But anyway, that's fantastic. And where was your business at that stage of the game? Just getting started. I started the business in 2005. Mm-hmm. I probably had a dozen transactions or so by sure. that time. I had a good first year. Yeah, and no doubt. That's awesome. I was doing work with somebody, and she was in Buffini, and got me into it. And since that day in the Windy City in Chicago, off I went. And yeah. I think I got into coaching the end of 06 into 07. Mm-hmm. Pretty and where's your business after. at these days, Chuck? What kind of production are you doing nowadays? We did $45 million last year, which is about 45 wow. to 50 transactions. Wow. So you're doing big deals and high volume. That's kind of the best of both worlds, my friend. 
Yeah, it's been good. And, you know, thanks to you and your systems, which we follow religiously, it's really made our business very strong. That's great. That's great. So what can I do you for today? You must have high-quality problems doing over a million a year in commissions. <laughs> we do have high-quality problems. That's yeah. true, and I, I preach that to our other agents. So my question today is, whenever you and Joe are on stage and you're talking about your progression in terms of your growth in your real estate business, mm-hmm. there's always a spot where you go from 50 deals to 100 deals mm-hmm. or 25 million to 50 million. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know the exact tactics, the actual tactics you guys did in terms of going there, in terms of the details, how many assistants did you have, mm-hmm. what referral partners did you lean into, which ones did you add, you know, what made the difference in that jump? Okay. So I think it's it's a both-and deal. So I'll, I'll talk in principles and then I'll give you some tactics, okay? Great. So the principle is it is always peaks and plateaus. I'm at this now 23, 24 years helping people since beyond my own career. And it's amazing how it's followed the same pattern, which is, you know, we can help somebody, you know, when you were first with us, you know, you might be doing 12 deals, get the systems in place, boom, you're at 25 or 30 deals right away, that kind of stuff, or 12 to 20, that kind of thing with your average sales price. So you get this big jump initially because you're putting the systems in place. Now what happens is you have to handle that. So now you have issues of the ability to digest, right? So it's how do we handle the transactions? How do we handle all these listings? How do we handle all the paperwork back then and even today it's digital but it's still paperwork you know all the inspections so all the practical aspects of the business then we got to manage cash flow now we're starting to run out of space so what happens is there's this constant peak and plateau effect between infrastructure and growth the principle is when your business grows by 40 percent your infrastructure is no longer valid and if you look at your career how many times you've actually grown by more than 40 percent will be quite significant. Hmm. In the last 13 years, I guarantee it's happened three or four times. Yes, you're right. So every time you go through that process, you blow out the existing systems. Now, here's why I'm speaking to you in philosophical terms to start with. The trick, the trick, the more successful you become is to not outkick your coverage at the next level. So I'm all about, okay, hiring an assistant. Boom. When I hired my assistant, that was one of the big things that helped me jump my production, right? The next year, when I got my own team, okay, that started to grow my business. Then I went and bought a building, and I put my team in that building. That first year, I didn't grow at all because we were literally putting all the systems in place. It was the following year after that, the same team, the same systems, but now had a year of without tinkering with it, which was a big discipline for me to not screw up the momentum we had. And now that grew. And so that is a big thing. Now at 45 million, how many people do you have on your team now, Chuck? Uh, Three. Three, okay. That's tight as a drum. That's fantastic. So as you look at this now, the next level of growth, it has to be very, very careful and very, very intentional. So what happens is people go, okay, I'm at 45 now, I'm going to be at 90. So next thing you know, I've got a team of 15. And I've seen people do that. And they go buy or lease space for 15 people and this and that and the other. And the next thing you know, you got, when you have 15 people, you got, oh, now I'm managing this person and managing that person. We've got HR issues here. And You follow me? That's not an I incremental do. growth. That's not an incremental growth. So what you need to look at right now is you need to look at your career span. How long do you want to be running at the speed you're running at? You know? I have to keep doing this till I see the Bruins actually fly around with a Stanley Cup in the garden. 
Hey, hey, you got very close this year, my friend. And I live in San Diego. I don't want to hear any moaning from anyone in Boston about how few championships you have ever again. We're going through a drought, though, Brian. Hey, when I first met you, the Sox had just won their first championship in 87 years. So now it's like every year, you know. But That's um, true. The big thing is, you know, you figure out, you know, you've been at this a while. How long do I want to run at this speed? Okay, you're not going to jump off the boat at full speed. What's the transition? Who's the transition to? That's where you need to start looking now. And that's why, actually, the systems, I'm actually working with my creative team right now in our Pathway to Mastery training on the master end of it, is helping people go through the process of deciding where they want to go. Do I want to build a business that I'm going to sell to another agent? Do I want to have a business that I hand off to successors in my family or friends? Do I want to do an ESOP where I create a dynamic where the employees can actually purchase the business from me? Those kinds of things. These are the types of things I'll be flushing out and developing for you guys in the next couple of years. The big question for you, Chuck, is, again, everybody's question is the same in one regard today. What do you really want? Where do you really want to go? And what does that look like? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is great stuff. This could be its own podcast, getting into this kind of level of detail. It would be gold. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be part of a training. Like I say, I'm doing Essentials Advance and Mastery, and ultimately Mastery is all built around helping people build a business that is its own valuable asset that can be sold, passed on, handed off, and then all the systems that need to go in. So it's going to be an entire training program. And we're in the midst of that, and you're on the front end of that. You'll be seeing pieces of this. For example, at next year's peak experience, I'm going to be getting into some of the details on this. So once I determine that, yes, I want to get to 100 million or 100 transactions of this, yeah. what's the very next step? For you? Tactically. Well, I think yes. the first thing you want to do is assess right now. You want to meet with your team and say, where is, you know, it's called a SWOT analysis, strengths, weakness, opportunities, threats. So where are we weak right now? So all scale questions are, if we were at 100 million today, if we were at 100 transactions today, where would our systems break down? And just have a meeting. I'd get the folks off site, rent a room somewhere nice, and then just put up sheets of paper on the wall. And you picture it, 100 transactions. If we had 100 transactions in 2020, where would we feel the pain the most? Where would the problems be the most? Would our accounting system hold up? Yeah, fine. Would our CRM hold up? Yeah, fine. Customer service, yeah, we'd have a problem there. Uh, we'd need a couple more folks following up. Okay, fine. You know, and you start looking at where the cracks actually are. So all scalable questions are you jump to that number right away. I sat down with somebody today who did a SWOT analysis on our CRM and said, if you had a half a million people on your CRM, could you handle it? And the answer was, we actually can. Now, a couple of years ago, we had a situation where if our CRM handled 20,000, the thing would have fallen apart. So we had to rebuild while keeping it open for business. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. So that would be a great offsite. Do a great exercise like that. Find out where all the cracks would be. And then one last little tip before I leave here. There's some real high producing, real high bangers inside our system. And you know many of them through the White Hats Society and through the Peak Experience clients. Talk to your coach and see who she can also refer you. And I would get on a plane and go see folks. I'd go down and see some folks inside the database and spend a day with them and shadow their business. That's helpful. Thank you very much. You're a great man. I appreciate you being with me on the journey. And, you know, go Bruins. But uh, like I say, San Diego, we haven't won anything since we became a beach. I don't think we've won a Spartan trophy. 
that may be. Well, I can say that I did knock off one of my bucket list items by seeing the Pats win the Super Bowl. Come on. There you go. Congratulations. I did see the pictures. I did see the pictures. (laughs) Good for you, pal. All right. Thanks for joining me. Back to you, Danny Iverson. Thanks, Mr. B. That was awesome. I want to give a shout-out to those who joined us on the show today. If you're listening to these legends and want to learn more about the business solutions Buffini and Company has to offer, then go to buffiniandcompany.com slash bc to sign up for a free consultation. And as always, as we finish today, I'll leave you with Brian's mom treats for a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. 